Welcome to our podcast. Let's talk with Dennis Martin, where we talk about real life issues. Let's join the podcast. Well, let's get right into this tonight. I'm going to talk about I want to talk to you tonight about the cost, counting up the cost of ministry, counting up the cost of ministry. And I want to give uh, I, I want to give a scripture before I jump into it, because I think that it'll uh, be a blessing to you and it'll strengthen what we're talking about tonight. And that scripture is found in Luke chapter 14, and uh, it is verse 28 through 31. And I want you to hear this. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 through 31. And it says, for which of you intending to build a tower, set him not down first and counteth the cost, whether he will have sufficient to finish it. Less happily after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold, it began to mark him. And same, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or uh, what king going to make war against another king sit if not down first and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. And so tonight I want to talk to you about counting up the cost of ministry. You know, a lot of times we, um, uh, we, we don't count up the cost of ministry. We don't count up these things, but Tonight, I want to talk to you about it. And first of all, let me say that when I talk about the cost of ministry, I'm not talking about the cost to do ministry. I'm not talking about the cost to do ministry. I'm talking about the cost of ministry. And uh, to me, uh, there are two different things. When you talk about uh, the cost to do ministry, of course, uh, we, we do ministry when we talk about doing ministry to help others and to help humanity and to do those things. We talk about doing ministry with outreach and with touching the lives of others and making a difference in people's lives. Then we are talking about uh, to do ministry. We need the cost to do ministry. But tonight I want to talk to you about the cost of ministry, counting up the cost of ministry, not to do it, but counting up the cost of ministry. If you're in ministry, you've got to count up the cost. The cost of ministry, uh, it to me is, is personal. When you uh, are called into ministry, when you are uh, when God puts a divine call upon your life, uh, it is something that I feel when, when God calls you, it is, uh, it is an honor of the highest degree, in my opinion, to be called of God. But I want you to know that there is a cost of ministry and you got to count the costs up. Uh, there's a cost with being called into ministry. And you don't hear that a lot because everyone just wants to get in ministry. They want to be a part of ministry. But tonight, I think that this will uh, help those of you in ministry, thinking about getting into ministry, those that have been called into ministry, and really want to know what the cost of ministry is. And for years, I have to uh, just, I have to say this, for years, and this is, uh, it could be my personal opinion, I guess, but for years, I think we've done people 
and injustice by not really giving them the full story about ministry and all the cost of ministry. When you're called to ministry, a lot of times we, we do people uh, injustice. We don't we don't give people the full story concerning ministry and about ministry and how ministry, what it could cost you, the other side of it. And we don't we don't do that. We, we've given people the success stories of ministry. And I want you to I want you to like this and share it, share it with somebody in ministry somebody that you know that you've had a conversation with that may be feeling a little discouraged or feeling a little some kind of way about ministry. I want you to, you know, sort of tag them on this because understand we've given people the success stories of ministry and we've given them, uh, we've projected to them the positive side of ministry and all the great platforms and great things that we built, the great stages, the great places that we've been. But the one thing that we fail to share with people is the struggle that it took to get us to these places. You know, a, a lot of times we hear a lot of the success stories, but people fail to tell you how they got there or even sometimes the struggles that they had to go through to get there. So when we see it, we see the success. We see the great things of it. We see the followings. We see the people that are, are flocking to them. We see all of that, but they fail to tell us that that didn't come overnight. That was something that, that, that happened that they had to uh, go through some things to get to that point. And so there's a great cost and you got to count it up. And unless people tell you about it, uh, sometimes they don't they don't tell you about it. And I won't get into why sometimes they don't tell you. But tonight I want to deal with four areas concerning the cost of ministry. I want to talk about four areas tonight that I think will uh, be a blessing to you as we talk about the cost of ministry. The first one I want to talk about is what is the real cost of ministry? not to do ministry. What is the real cost when you get into ministry that God has called you into? What is the real cost? The real cost of ministry goes far beyond money, fame, being popular. There's definitely a cost to it. And a lot of times all we see is the glamorous side of ministry, that side that has the the money, the great income, the fame, the popularity, and you know sometimes we we get we get caught in that and we like it and we love it. Sometimes that that is the thrust of some people, but sometimes what they don't tell you that the other cost is that you don't see sometimes the real cost is there's a cost, uh, uh, the real cost of being there and counting up the cost. It could be something that the real cost could be emotional. The real cost could be mental. The real cost could be family. These are things that people usually don't talk about. They, they just stress how important it is to do ministry, but they don't tell you that it could be an emotional thing when you're doing it. It could be something that happens mentally. 
They don't tell you there could be something that happens with your family. They don't they don't share that it could be something that even deals with your health uh, and and could even deal and cost you friendships. Uh, there's a real cost. And and that list could go on and on of various things that could cost you. And nobody says anything about it. No one talks about it because that picture has been painted to make us believe that the only thing you're going to have when you say yes to God, pick up a Bible, go get you a, um, a business card. Uh, now you got it with you on your phone that and get and a couple people go to calling you that that's it. That's all you need. Now you on the road to success, but they forgot to tell you that sometimes the other cost of being in there can be emotional. They forgot to tell you that the other cost of being in there can be mental. You can have a mental thing going on. They forgot to tell you that the other thing could be with the family. It could be your health. There are people that do ministry, but their health, it, it, it they sacrifice their health for it. And some people have sacrificed their uh, relationships and friendships when it came to ministry. And I'm not saying that had to be a negative thing, but I'm just saying there is a cost when you start counting it up, when you're talking about ministry. Number two, I want to ask you, the question would be to ask, if you're talking about ministry, the question to ask would be, are you willing to pay the price of ministry? I'm not talking about to do ministry. Are you willing to pay the price to be in ministry? that you say you've been called to, are you willing to pay the price of ministry? A lot of people want to be in ministry, but they don't want to pay the price for ministry. You see, ministry is not just some where you just pick up a Bible, you in ministry, you pick up a Bible, go and put on a robe and, and go to the platform or go to the behind the pulpit and preach ministry. Matter of fact, ministry can be in the street, but I'm talking basically about uh, things that may be related to, to the church or the pulpit here, uh, whether you're a pastor, evangelist or whatever it may be, but you need to understand that when, when you are, uh, are dealing with these things, you have to understand that there's a price to be paid for ministry and in ministry. And sometimes we're not willing to pay that. In other words, sometimes it's like people in the line at at, an event, at events, they don't want to go through the line to get to the front. They just want to jump everyone and get to the front. And then everyone that's been waiting for a long time, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here now, I'm in the front. And, and most times people behind it's complaining because they jump in the line. And a lot of people that they want to be in the forefront of ministry, and never paid any price for ministry. Never paid no price. They just want to be in the forefront of ministry. And uh, you have to understand that their uh, being in ministry will cost you. I'm not just talking about reports and offerings and cost you stuff like that. Somebody say, I'm in ministry and they want my report. They want, I'm not talking about that. Uh, they won't give me my honor. I ain't talking about that. Being in ministry costs you. And you've got to, if you're going to really do this, you've got to be willing to pay the price of ministry. There's a price to be paid in ministry. I have to tell you that there is 
a price that has to be paid in ministry. All right. And a lot of times people see the glamour of ministry. They see the results of the price that someone paid, but they want the results, but not pay the price. And sometimes it took others to get to a certain place. They didn't get there just, just by, uh, you know, jumping the line. They got there because they paid the price. I remember, uh, 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 Bishop uh, Daryl Hines had got struck by lightning and said one time a young man asked him and said, uh, Bishop said, uh, you know, I, I would love to have the anointing you got in the ministry you got. Will you pray for me that the Lord would, would, would give me what you got and give me that anointing and stuff. And so Bishop Hines started praying. He said, Lord, I pray that you would let this young man be struck by lightning. And, 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 and the young man stopped him and said, well, no, 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 Bishop. I, I said, I want you to Pray that the Lord would 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 bless me like He blessed you in ministry. He said, "Well, that's what I'm doing. I, what what I got uh, it came as a result after I got struck by lightning working at the airport on the tarmac." Seeing a lot of people, all they see is results. You know, when we look at people, and and I, I've heard Bishop Jakes be transparent about this. But a lot of times what we see is we see a lot of people with results. We see the name. We see the fame, the fortune. We see all the stuff that goes with it. And that's what we want. And so our main striving is to do what someone else has and to get what somebody else has. So that's what we're striving for without paying any price. No price at all. Just just jump to the head of the line and be the greatest thing. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I know y'all ain't going to agree with this, some of you, but social media has put some people at the front of the line and we found out that they didn't pay any prices and their character is not good. And they always own, own some in a negative way about something they did, uh, probably because they, have, they failed to sit down and be mentored, be schooled, be corrected and all kind of stuff. And so now they're in the forefront and and they haven't done anything and, and no price has been paid. You got to pay a price to be in ministry. I'm 62. I started preaching when I was 16 years old and I'm 62. I, I've been in full time ministry since I was 18. Well, yeah, 19. Been in full, well, no, 18, 18. Since I was 18. And I have to tell you, I, I paid a price for when you when you see me doing stuff. I didn't pop up overnight. I just didn't come out the woodworks or whatever. I, I've been paying the price of ministry for a long time, y'all. Yeah, so that's why I don't. I don't. I'm not. Uh, you know, I don't let nobody play me cheap and play me down. Neck like you know. Well, where he come from? Listen, my resume will speak for itself. It's full. It really is. And so, but you got to learn to pay the price. You got to be willing to pay the price. And, and, and you don't always start at the top. Sometimes you start on in the middle, sometimes start in the bottom, but, but you do start somewhere and you've got to be willing to pay the price. Now, a lot of people don't talk about this. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear it. That's why some people, I don't expect them to come on here tonight because they don't want to hear about no paying no price. Nobody want to pay no price. Everyone wants to be at the top without paying anything. And I will admit that there's some that have been fed with a silver spoon. 
I'm going to say it again. There are some that have been fed with a silver spoon. Didn't do any work to do anything, just walked into something great. And in some cases, some of them, even though they walked into something great. Come on, y'all. Even though they walked into something great, they walked into it, haven't paid any price, and they're not able to maintain it and sustain in ministry because they never paid a price for it. I'm, I'm, I'm very cautious of people that haven't paid a price for stuff because sometimes they don't know how to act when they haven't paid a price for it. People that pay great prices for things in their lives seem to value them a lot more than those that have never paid a great price. Sometimes when you when you go through and things happen, you learn to appreciate stuff, especially when you go through. You you learn to value stuff because you you paid a price for it. It wasn't something that just 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 came and just somebody just gave to you. No. It was something that you paid a price for. It cost you more than you can even talk about. That's what I'm talking about. When it costs you more than you can talk about. And and we have to be careful that we don't understand. You got to ask yourself, am I willing? Are you willing to pay the price for ministry? Are you willing to pay the price for your family? There have been people that have lost family doing ministry. And not because it was anything immoral, not because it was anything that they done wrong, but sometimes the stress of ministry and things that were going on, the spouse or whoever just couldn't take it. Sometimes even the kids, we, we, we fight a lot about, not fight, but we talk about, you know, PK kids and, and those that grew up in church. And when they get out of church, when they get grown, they sort of leave and don't want to be back in church. Some of that has, it has more to do than what we think it has to do with. Some of that has to do with the stuff they've suffered and the stuff they've seen. And so they just decided, and, and it cost, uh, it can cost you your family. Are you willing to pay the price for rejection? Because you, some people seem to believe just because you're in ministry that everyone's going to like you. Not the case. Rejection is real in ministry. It's real from the pulpit all the way to your colleagues, your comrades, those in ministry with you, whether you male or female, pastor, evangelist, rejection is real. And are you willing to pay the price of rejection? Are you willing to pay the price of criticism? Because everyone's not going to like you. And there will be some people that will criticize you without knowledge, but they'll do it anyway. And you got to ask yourself, am I willing to really pay that price for ministry? Am I willing to be criticized? Are you willing to pay the price for being hated for no reason? I mean, people just don't like you because they don't like you. They just hate you because you walk in the room. They just hate you because they look at you and don't like you. Ain't nothing you've done to them. They just don't like you. Are you willing to deal with that? Are you willing? Because sometimes people will do that. And even when criticizing you and rejection and you can't always, I know social media is tempting. I, I know, I, I know uh, social media is a tempting thing. 
It's tempting for you to get on social media and blast folk and tell them all and tell them, don't don't say nothing to me and don't do that. But then that destroys your your testimony, destroys your Christian character. It it destroys your uh, being able to restrain in the eyes of people. And you 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 a leader. So you can't always retaliate. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> you, you can't always retaliate. I know you want to, and I know social media is tempting to make you put a post and tell folk and give them a piece of your mind. I got you. But are you willing to pay the price for that? Because that comes with it. Are you willing to pay the price of betrayal? Being betrayed by people that you thought were close and people that you thought were really with you? Are you, are you willing to pay that price? I'm just asking because I need to know, are you willing to pay that price? You talking about ministry and all the great stuff you want to do. Let's have this conversation first before you jump over in here, because you, you got to understand you got to pay the price, your family or rejection, criticism, being hated for no reason, betrayal. You got to pay the price. Watch this. This is one we don't talk about. Are you willing to pay the price? For of loneliness. Because sometimes when you're in ministry, I don't care how many people you know, or how many people you hang around, sometimes it's lonely. Oh, I know. You see people with all these, they hang out and they, uh, what they call them, brotherhoods and all kinds of names they give them. But don't, don't let that fool you. There are some people that walk by themselves, and they feel alone. Are you listening at me? There's some folk that, that are by themselves, and they feel alone. And sometimes it gets lonely. You know, when, when you got stuff, people call you. When you when you the head of stuff, let me say this to you. When I was the president of Evangelism Church of God in Christ, People always want to be connected to me because they felt if they were connected that I could, you know, it was possibly something I could give them or get them to. That's why you got to understand everyone that's connected to you don't mean they like you. They may like what you can give them or what you can offer or where you can get them, but that don't mean they like you. And you have to know that. I mean, that's a reality you got to deal with if you're going to deal with this thing called ministry. Some folk. They they just like what you can what they can get from you, and once they get what they can get from you, they'll find somebody else that can give them greater or something else. So you got to be willing to pay the price. So when I was president, a lot of folk. When I was no longer president, there's some people we kept good relationship, but there's some folk I ain't heard from since since two thousand and nine. All right, I won't get into that. <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. You you got to be willing. If you, are you willing? I'm just asking. I want to give you a reality. Are you willing to pay the price for ministry? Are you willing to do it? You know, if you're not willing to do it, then you may need to consider doing something else because there, there's a price you pay for this. And that's why, you know, like I said, when I... I've been in here 47 years in ministry. I refuse to be intimidated, bullied, 
whether you use me or not, whether you invite me to your platform, your church, your conferences or whatever, it really don't matter. The price I paid, I'm not going to let you diminish the price that I paid in ministry to make you feel good or to make you feel big. Not going to do it. All right. So are you willing? Ask yourself, am I willing to pay that price? Family rejection, criticism, being hated for no reason, being betrayed, feeling lonely. All right. Number three, and I'm, I'm moving quick tonight. You got to understand when you're dealing with ministry, if you're a pastor or an evangelist or whoever, ministry sometimes is in season and you got to minister when it's out of season. All right. You got to minister in season and out of season. This is what I call the ministry in season when everything flows just like you want it. Everything in ministry is flowing. Just like you want it to flow. I mean, just flowing. Just it's a good flow going on. And and everything is in place. And 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 everything you plan is working out just like you planned it. Oh, that's that's in season. Everything you highlight in ministry in the in season, it's working. Uh the ministry in season, those are great times. Great, you get great testimonies in in season. Uh, how you exercise your faith and how these great things happening. How you prayed for folk and how miracles happening. Everything, oh, and the people just flocking and coming to you. And you, oh yeah, you just you you doing all that. That's in season. That's the in seasons. In in season. Uh, ministry in season, you feel invincible. You feel on top of the world. You feel like nothing can stop you. (laughs) You brag about your great faith and how you read the Bible and all of that. And, and, and you had that ministry and, and you're not the only one that had that ministry. Elijah had that ministry. Yeah, the prophet Elijah, the one we preach about and talk about. When you read in 1 Kings, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because I want to make me thorough with this tonight. Because I want to help somebody tonight that may be, you know, just you, you're trying to figure this thing out. Let me help you. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 36. And the Bible says here, uh, and Elijah, and it came to pass that at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I've done all these things at thy word. Listen, verse 37, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou have turned their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Consume the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the dust, licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord is God. The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And Elijah told them, Take all the prophets and all of those, take them of prophets of Baal, and had them put to death. Are you listening? So here we find Elijah, great things. And all of us can think back on some days that we were bragging and some years and some months when we had 
the end season of ministry, and it feels great. I have to tell you, it's a wonderful thing to have an end season. When everything is popping, everything is coordinating, everything is just like you want it to be. That's a wonderful time in season. But now count up the cost because I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to make a left turn. You know, sometimes you got, you got to make a left turn because you got to understand if you're in ministry, there's not only in season ministry. There's out-of-season ministry. There's a ministry when it's out-of-season. When you, when you know you got a word from God, you prayed, but nothing you put forth looks like it's working. Look like you hit a brick wall and nothing comes together like you envision it. Somebody ought to say amen tonight. I mean, you know you heard from him, but ain't nothing. You planned it and and you planned for big ministry. You planned for for you planned for a hundred people and then but twenty-five show up. You planned for three hundred and hardly anybody showed up, maybe you and almost just your family or some close friends. But you knew you heard from God. You know God told you to do it. But now you're in that out of season where it's not flowing. It's still God, but it's not flowing like you think it should flow. Instead, even if your church, instead of your membership increasing, it's decreasing. You used to come to church and couldn't get a seat anywhere. It's full. Now you come to church and got folk that's not even come to church anymore. Folk that you thought would never not be with you. And, and now you, you, you got uh, the, the, the membership has shifted and changed. And now you got to deal with that. And, and you, you trying to figure out what did I do wrong? Did I do something wrong? Everybody has experienced the out of season time of ministry. When it looked like you give the invitation, nobody joins. You do this. It, it, it looked like it works at its minimum, but it don't work all together. All right. And, 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 and I know, I know other people sometimes won't tell you the truth, but no matter how big their ministries are, how great people present themselves in ministry, whether they evangelists or with the church, all of us have been in a season of ministry that looked like it was out of season. It's like fruit. And I'm almost done, y'all. It's like fruit. You can eat fruit out of season. And you can eat it when it's in season. It tastes good. But when it's out of season, the taste is not the same. My grandmother turned me on to something years ago. They look like grapes, but they're not grapes. They're called muscadines. Uh, I love muscadines. I don't, I don't, eat them as much as I used to. My, one of my deacons used to go and get me a, I mean, the thing was so big, man, I would, I, I could eat that thing, but you know, I, I had to really start taking care of my health with my blood sugar. So I don't eat them like, but uh, there's a certain time of the year, which is, I think that end of July, July and August, if you get them right at that time, those things are right. But now if you get them 
like right now, the end of September, and they still put them out, and you get them in September and October, they don't taste the same. They they taste okay, but they don't taste the same. And the reason they don't taste the same is because they're really out of season. And sometimes we hit those things that they're out of season. But nobody tells us that. We think we're supposed to be successful every day. Not saying that we're not successful, but I'm saying that sometimes you may hit something that may be a snag or uh, look like you're not progressing. And sometimes we say there ain't nothing but the devil. But now you got to understand it, it is in the out of season of ministry that most people get discouraged. They feel like giving up, feel like quitting and walking away from ministry altogether. That's in the out season. And now let me show you something, and, and, and I'm, I'm about to get out of here, but let me show you this. Now, remember, we just read about Elijah. Elijah just called down fire from heaven and, and, and did all that, seen this great wonder and the miracle of God. But let's look at 1 Kings chapter 19, and I want to show you that the same Elijah that just called down fire from heaven, one chapter later, got word from Jezebel that I'm going to get him. I'm after his life. And know what the Bible says he did. First Kings chapter 19. We just read in chapter 18. First Kings chapter 19. Bible said in verse four, but he went, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. And said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. This the same Elijah, the same one that just called out fire from heaven. The same one that just, yay. Now he asking God to let him die. Why? Because He's in a different place. It's an out season of his life. And sometimes we get in those places. Jeremiah felt that way. He had a he had an out season. Jeremiah got to a season in his life. He said, Look, I won't even mention his name no more. I'm not, I'm not even gonna call his name. I ain't gonna say nothing about him. He said, I was weary with forbearing. And he went on, he said, I, I ain't talking about him no more. And then he finally came to the conclusion. He said, But his word was in my bones as a burning fire. So he felt that way. Jonah felt that way. That's why he went. He said, I ain't going down there. He got on, on a ship uh, on his way to Joppa down. Uh, going, he said, Don Natasha said, I'm not going. I, I'm not even going down to Nineveh and prophesy. Forget that. Not doing it. And so you can feel that way in those seasons. That's why you got to just hang in there because everyone hits that no matter who they who tell you they haven't, they've hit it. Uh, I remember my late uncle, uh, Evangelist Gene Martin, one time we were in Connecticut, and he, he told us, he said he was just feeling so discouraged about ministry and 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 what was happening with, because we traveled all over the country, and he was feeling so down, and he sent everyone down to do uh, the praise and worship and to get into everything, but he, 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 he wore robes sometimes. So he took his robe off, he said he folded, put his, his street clothes back on, and, and and folded on the table, and he said, I'm leaving, I'm walking out, 
I'm I'm not I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just I, I can't do ministry. I'm, I'm just tired of this. And he was going to walk out. And he said, but before I go, let me read the Bible one more time. Just one more time. And he says, the devil said, oh, no, you don't need to read the Bible. Just leave. He said, I got to read it one more time. And he opened up the Bible and it fell over in the Psalms where David says, if I make my bed in hell, behold, I did. where can I go from your presence? And, and, and he said, when he read that, he said, no matter where I go, I can't get away from God. So he closed the Bible, put his robe back on and came on down and had some church that night. You get that. Sometimes you, you have those experiences. But I won't tell you, hang in there. Let me get this last one and I'm going to get out of here. The number four is sometimes we need a behind the scene, a ministry, a view behind the scene. What do you mean? We need a view behind the scene sometimes in ministry. Sometimes we, we, hear, we hear everything. We hear everything about, what is it? We, we hear everything about the success, but sometimes you need a behind-the-scene view. I, I thank God that I had a behind-the-scene view. I just didn't start pastoring the church. I was the assistant pastor at my brother's church, and I worked with others in ministry and evangelist field and stuff. So I had some mentors and people that helped me to know stuff behind the scenes. So some of this stuff I was prepared for because I knew how it worked. But then you have to have behind the scene. Sometimes everyone likes when it's showtime. They like when the curtains are raised. Everyone likes the platform with the mic in their hand. Mm. Yeah, everyone loves that. Oh, people love it, whether they're praise leaders or whoever. They love that. And, and, and they be like me. I used to believe that I wanted to be in films and movies and and acting and looks great on TV, looks great on the big screen. And I always thought, man, I, I would love to do something like that. Until a few years ago, I was recommended uh, to be on on movie on the movie uh, concerning Bishop Carlton Pearson. That movie comes Sunday, and uh, the director came to my church and everything. And then he um, he actually came. And uh, offered me a part and said, I want you to play one of the bishops sitting on the platform, one of the main bishops. So they gave me my bishop gobs and everything, my, you know, my robes and my, I was, I don't know what you call it. It was like the presiding bishop's colors. And so I was there and I, I really thought I wanted to do that. I really did. But the call time was 5.30 a.m. in the morning. And we did not leave that church where we were at until about 9.30 at 10 o'clock that night. And I remember us on sitting on the set and in different scenes, I remember us doing one scene at least 15 times. And another scene, we did it so many times, walking in. And, 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 and all of those scenes. And when we were on the platform one night, that, that one day, the guy next to me said, man, I wonder, it got to be nighttime. And I said, yeah. I showed him my watch. I said, it's it's nine o'clock. He said, really? I said, but they got this big old, they put a big old um, light at the window and it made it look like it was daytime. But it wasn't daytime, it was night. And I used to think, I said, I would love to do that. 
But I, I changed my mind. Because, I mean, we were there all day. The next day, I went back. I had a different part. I had to play in the movie where uh, uh, they betrayed Bishop Ellis, uh, calling Bishop Pearson on, on the movie. And we was he was sitting at a desk. I was sitting right on the corner. And and you would think that we were in an office, but we're not. We were in, this, in a sanctuary at a different church. And they put the, the desk in the office and created that whole scene and did everything. But my point is, is that when the movie came out, everything looked different. But no one had, I, I had never been on the set before. So that was my first time. So being on the set and behind the scene showed me a lot of stuff that they do. And then, matter of fact, in one part of the movie, which I was blown away when it came out, they they were dealing with lenses and stuff. And in the church, uh, on this set, in the church, uh, on on the balcony was empty. But then they took people off the floor, put them in the balcony, did a shot, put them over here, put them over there. Now, when they got the movie, they created, it looked like the whole balcony was full. But it wasn't. There was nobody in the balcony when we really shot that movie. And that's why I say sometimes you need behind the scene so you can see what's really going on in ministry. What really goes on with people in ministry. I'm not talking about cameras for social media. I'm not talking about a post. I'm talking about some that's reality. Don't you don't need no camera for this. I want to see behind the scene what really happens in ministry. A social media post behind the scene many times is just for for social media to to make and give a certain appearance and a certain thing. But sometimes behind the scene, watch this, and I'm getting ready to get out of here. Behind the scene, amen, uh, you, you deal with heartbreak. No one's going to talk about that. But you deal with heartbreaks, heartbreak behind the scene. Sometimes you deal with thoughts of, I know this is not going to be nice and y'all ain't going to want me to say it, but you deal with thoughts of suicide. We've had different people and pastors that have killed themselves behind the weight of ministry, behind the scene. And you never would have thought they would have done it because everything looks so good on the outside. We know people that have had uh, behind the scene and, and, and they disappeared for a while. And you're trying to figure out what, what, where did they go? They had an emotional breakdown. You thought they were somewhere on a sabbatical praying. No, they wasn't. They had a nervous breakdown. They had a nervous breakdown. Because behind the scene, when you got the mic in the hand, you feel anointed. But behind the scene, you can feel as no one cares and have a church full of folk. Behind the scene, you can have a sense of abandonment. Because sometimes the people you help the most are the first ones to kick you. They're the first ones to leave. They're the first ones to do the stuff to you. It's not the people that you did not did a lot of stuff. It's folk you did the most for. Those are the first ones who would go out and dog you out, talk about you, and do everything. And you trying to figure out, what did I do? 
So behind the scene, nobody tells you about the abandonment. No one tells you that sometimes you'll feel uh, so lonely and rejected. Sometimes you don't you don't feel that, and and you don't know it. Say, is that water? Do you think it's a, sometimes it can be a demonic attack? But some of this actually just comes with ministry, and and no one really. It's like it's like a mother uh, or a parent. I, I won't say just a mother, but sometimes. No one prepares you for parenthood. And we need more people to be more transparent in ministry so people will understand that there'll be times of abandonment. There'll be times that you'll feel by yourself. Uh, and and that's, that's in, in Scripture. We find that in many cases. And sometimes you'll feel alone and rejected. You, I, I do believe you. the enemy magnifies it, and then you got to pray and, and come through it. But you, you got to do this. Paul said, Paul said, look, I've been, I went through a lot of stuff. And let me read this to you because you're going to, you'll get it. Paul said, I went through a lot of stuff, but he says behind the scene, plus all of that comes uh, daily, the cares of the church. And so then not only do you behind the scene, you got to deal with the cares of the church. Watch this. And the cares of your family, your personal life things that are going on with you because your church, your your church life is not 24-7. There's a time you leave church and you've got to go to where you got to go to. So you've got to be able to do and, and understand that it's more than just the church life that you have. And when you do that, you got to take care of daily the cares of the, those things that are going on around you. Watch this, what he says in 2 uh, Second Corinthians chapter 11, and watch what he says at verse 23. And I'm going to get out of here, y'all. Verse 23, he says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more in labor, more in abundance, in stripe above measure, in, in prison, more frequent, in death often. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I've been in the deep, in journey, often in peril of water, in peril of robbers, in peril of my own countrymen, in peril by the heathens, in peril in the city, in peril in the wilderness, in peril in the sea, in peril, watch this, among false brethren. Listen to all the stuff he says behind the scenes. Notice he keeps on talking. He says, in weariness, in painfulness, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold, in nakedness. And verse 28, and besides these things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the cares of the church. He said, out all the stuff I'm dealing with, then I got to deal with the cares of the church. Behind the scene, you got to tell people church is important. Don't get me wrong. But when you get through with church, you got, you got to deal with family life. You got to deal with other stuff. And you got to be able to deal with that. We just want everyone to think that this is just all church. But when you come out of church, you got to do other stuff like pay bills, take care of children, feed your, your family. That that's a whole different area. And most people don't don't talk about that. And we've got to do a better job. 
So I close by saying this. If the Lord called you into ministry, you've got to count up the cost. Okay. If he called you, count up the cost. And by all means, if he really called you, be willing to pay the price for ministry and do what you do. But I will say this. If he did not call you and you just want to do it because it looks glamorous, exciting, gets you attention, take this advice from me. Just take a word of advice from me. Go find something else to do. Because if he didn't call you, you won't be able to take all the things that go with this if he didn't call you. If he called you, now those that he called, it's hard enough for those of us that he called. It's hard enough for us and he called us. Think about you not being called and you doing it just because you want to do it. It's definitely going to be difficult because we need to understand that if you didn't, if you're not called to do this, I don't care. I don't care who else told you that it can be done. I don't care who else convinced you that you got a ministry. If he didn't call you, call you to do it. Back up, find something else to do. Because you ain't going to be able to take the pressure. Folk that's called got pressure. And you doing it without, I don't want to do anything that I ain't supposed to be doing. And I promise you that. So if if he didn't call you to that, then don't don't rush into that because there's a price for this stuff. Yeah, there's a price. And there are people that that have been transparent in ministry, and I appreciate them, that have that have told and talked about the prices and the price and the cost that they had to pay concerning ministry. And sometimes, you know, we have to admit, sometimes it's our fault of what we the, the what we suffered because we didn't we we either didn't have somebody to tell us better or we just dealt with things the wrong way. And you have to be able to you got to be able to to understand that. And and when it comes to family, and I've said this a long time, I've been saying this for years, I hear more people saying it now, uh the, more people saying it now than than ever, but I've been saying it for at least uh, five or six years. I, I've been saying this longer than that. I, I always say when you go on a vacation, uh, if you go into a convention and you taking your family, that ain't no family vacation. It's not. It's not a family vacation. I don't care what y'all say. If you got to work, when I was president of evangelism, my whole family went, but I was gone most all day in meetings and stuff. They they enjoyed it, but that was no family vacation. That's a meeting. You know, taking your spouse on to a convocation or to a meeting, that ain't no vacation. That's a meeting. When me and Lady Martin, they sent us on on a vacation uh, to Las Vegas. And I got friends in Las Vegas. I preached there many times in Las Vegas. I'm going to tell you what I did. Uh, One of my friends picked us up at the airport, took us to the hotel. Let me tell you what I didn't do. I did not take a suit. I did not take any church clothes because we were on vacation. So I didn't plan on going to anybody's service. I didn't plan to go preach nobody. Oh, doc, you in town, come preach for me. Can't do it. I am on vacation. And vacation 
is vacation. So some stuff, it was our fault that we did because we we didn't we didn't understand. I'm gonna get in trouble. We didn't understand that there, there's a time you got to to let the church do what church does, but you got to take care of the other side. Okay, <laughs> let me quit. You, you got to take care of the other side of of what you got to do, and that is taking care of ministry. And so there's a cost. And I pray that this has helped you. I pray that you got some out of it. I'm not trying to discourage anybody from doing ministry. By all means, if you feel like you're called, do it. I just need you to understand, count up the cost. Because there's a price to be paid for this. I, I love all the glamour that I, I see uh, that people are doing. Um, but I, there's a... a you know, you 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 gotta, yeah, you gotta do that. Uh, Brother Johnson said, "God, God, family, and, and church in that order." Yeah, you you gotta understand. You can't neglect certain things. Uh, I think it was Bishop uh, Noel Jones when he talked about his first marriage. I was at a service he was in here in Atlanta, and he was preaching it, and he talked about his first marriage or whatever. He talked about how the marriage failed, not because of infidelity, but it fell because uh, he was always out preaching. And his wife said, well, you no, he was always somewhere preaching, always somewhere preaching. Sometimes you, you gotta, you gotta understand, you know, mm -mm. you, you, mm -mm. there's a price. Sometimes you got to take time and I'm going to say this, there's a price for it and you got to be willing, but sometimes you got to, you got to, you got, especially if you got smaller kids. I was blessed and fortunate enough that my kids are, you know, still in church and stuff. But I was, I was gone. So some days you miss. But if you, we got a chance to correct that. Find out your your, your calendar dates for your children's events. If they're playing sports, if they're playing, um, whatever they're doing, if they're playing it, football, basketball, whatever. Uh, if they're in plays, find out those events. And I know people invite you and it, the money is good and you just want to go. But I can't go on this date. Because this is important. For my child. They see everyone else's father and mother there, but they don't see you, their father, their mother. You never know what that does here. So we need to do something different. My granddaughter, Madison, her birthday was um, Tuesday. This this week, Tuesday, 19, she turned 11. That's using my Bible study night. And uh, when they when I was told that they were having a birthday party for her, uh, I sent out a text to the whole church and said, we won't be having Bible study tonight. Uh, I'll see y'all uh, Sunday. Uh, they're celebrating my granddaughter's 11th birthday. And I, and I, what she called, what they call me Papa. And Papa is going to be there. I've been there for all the rest of them. I'm going to her, her birthday. Because Bible study will be, I can have it next week. I could have had it Wednesday. But the 11th birthday is not coming again. Okay. 
I'm going to get out of here, y'all. <laughs> hey, Joe Baxter, how you doing? Uh, I'm going to get out of here, y'all. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> Listen, I pray and trust this has blessed you. If it has, if it's blessed you, do me a favor. Please like, share with somebody, especially somebody in ministry that just needs to go. It, let them go into it knowing some of this may happen. It may not, but it may. If it does, I'm ready to deal with it. And you, you'll be able to survive. Preacher years ago told me when I was probably 20 years old in South Carolina, he took me out to lunch. He said, son, I want you to pray a prayer. I said, what is that? He said, don't pray that you'll be a sensation. Don't pray that you just, he said, ask God to give you longevity. He said, you want to be on the scene when others have fallen off that just popped up overnight and then they disappeared. Ask God for longevity. And that's what I did. And 47 years later, I'm still here. Because I understand the cost and the benefit of dealing with the cost of ministry. Thanks for joining today's podcast. If you would like to reach Dennis Martin, you can email him at ltdmpodcast at gmail.com. Please support the podcast. Use the Cash App, the dollar sign DLMSR. Have a blessed day.